Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show. We will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast. Episode 45 of the 2019-20 season. Myself, Judgy and Craig representing the Blues. And we've got Terry and Phil representing the Reds, who, as of Thursday night, have now been confirmed as the 2019-20 Premier League champions. Can't believe that on the second birthday of Across the Park podcast, I'm already saying that. What the hell did I get myself in for? Um, so, yeah, we, we will be giving the Reds a chance to, to discuss um, the 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 title um, victory itself, and also um, the the celebrations. We will be speaking about the celebrations that followed Thursday's confirmation because you know we, we've had a lot of messages from our listeners um, about those celebrations, and and we will be taking our chance to, to get into that as much as we can. Um, we will be covering Everton's one nil victory away at Norwich, which 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 was on. Um, Wednesday, Liverpool's 4-0 victory against Palace, which ultimately put the pressure on on Manchester City ahead of their game with Chelsea. Uh, And we'll also be looking at, at, you know, potential scheduling for the next few weeks. We've got a lot of extras to go out and episodes as well. Without further ado, I'm going to give the Reds their chance to to give their their feelings on it. Terry, Phil? Oh, that's putting it to words, isn't it, Terry? It is. 80 years. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's 30 years, but I can't say that for all of them, you know what I mean? I've been longer for the title because it only really sort of became a thing once you start really going the game more, you know, and, and, and stuff. That's when you, you, you realise how long it has actually been. Um, and the last title, I was, I was like five or something like that. So it's more probably like a 15, 20 years of sort of just, you know, wondering why we can't get it across the line for me. Um, but... Now that it's done, it, boss. I thought you know it's not like when you win the Champions League and it's like you, the pressure is on that night and then you win it. You win it's that moment of ecstasy because we've known for a while we've basically won it and we were just waiting for it to become mathematically confirmed. I thought it, I might feel a bit flat, but as soon as uh, that Chelsea game got done with, I felt almost like we'd won uh, a cup final. It wasn't far off for me, and I wasn't expecting to feel like that to be honest. Yeah, and I think in a in a weird way, you know, I think like the lockdown as well, it's just sort of extended it out and maybe if it took that sort of buzz out of it a little bit, like in, in terms of, you know, because you, as you say, you, we knew that it was likely to happen, but then it's just being put on pause for so long that you worry that would it have gone even more flat for that, you know, for that big break that we've had to suffer, suffer through and stuff. But as you say... There was none of that for me. It was it, it was a strange feeling. It was like surreal, you know. Like uh, when it when it actually got confirmed, it was just like we've actually done it. You know, it's we finally got it across the line. We've had near misses in our in our yeah. time, you know, as as fans, and and finally we've sort of got it done. And 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 to just sort of 
write our name in, in that book now and say, you know, we, we finally put that to bed. Uh, it's massive. You know and- I was going to say, I really enjoyed the fact that we put that dominant performance on against Palace, we're going to talk about in a minute. But then we didn't have the pressure of playing City and oh, if we get beat here, it takes the shine off. It got done and we could just enjoy that City-Chelsea game and there was no nerves or anything. You could just sit back and enjoy it. And then once we'd won it, like, I absolutely loved the way, the way that it pans out in the end. I'm not bothered yeah. that it wasn't against City. I was, I was going to say, as a, as a frustrated blue, and I'm not going to add that as a frustrated blue, um, those two games kind of sums up the season <coughs> between you two in a he way. Did. You yeah. kind of got it done in a, in a fairly efficient manner. And they played really well at times in the game. Scored a brilliant, like a ridiculous goal, or De Bruyne did. Missed the chance at, at a really important time. And then just got undone by some diabolical defending. Yeah, and it's been the story of their season, hasn't it? Like, just sort of I mean, bad yeah. mistakes, literally costing them loads of points. I think that's eight games, isn't it, that they've lost now this season? Which well, is- I- I think it's the very point that they they never replaced company, did they? They thought no. they'd just get away with it, and they've had to they've had to put a, an Anzino as a centre half, and it, it was his mistake, wasn't it? The which yeah. led to the the second goal. I but, think you know, credit where credit's due. I mean, you've have, you've have been dominant all season, and you know, Man City can't really argue with that. None of the league can really argue with that. It's I don't think we'll ever see. This type of dominance again. Well, I hope not. Not from you, anyway. But well, look, yeah, we'll C- ever C- see this dominance again. City have uh, played the top seven times, eleven times. So, so top, top seven top teams, seven, eleven times so far, and they've only won three out the eleven yeah. games. So they're almost a little bit like flat track bullies, and and that's because they're unbelievable going forward, creating goals and creating oppor- opportunities. Now, but weak at the back. Yeah, and I, th- I think we've said that on the podcast, haven't we? It's like. Their, their sort of MO is get ahead and then you'll ne- like that's it then because the second you've got to try and get goals back you, you open yourself up and they'll just kill you but they don't react well to adversity they haven't all this season every time they've gone behind or whatever they haven't recovered points they, they struggle and things and, and I think that does I think that speaks to what you said Phil that they, they, they might be a, a case of being flat track bullies and that that good going forward that the second you come out of your in your own territory wise I also think it's like Pep's got this utopian ideology about how the game should be played and that's all fine and well when you've got the players to do it but when you haven't but you're Mm. you're adamant that you're going to stick by your philosophy you'll come undone Well just on on, on one last point what what sort of did make me a little bit sort of smile is you know the way we always say football sort of has these weird coincidences and stuff and Mm -hmm. it's mad isn't it that you know we just talked there the comprehensive way that we dismantled Palace and then we were relying on Chelsea in the next game. And when you think back oh. to like, you know, the two games that cost us under Rodgers, and it was that same Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just like weird, you know, them little moments. The way football just does these little rhymes. And, you and know, it was a former cop player. Yeah, it's just Dortmund. It's just odd, isn't it? But anyway, no, we, we will come back to it. Uh, unfortunately, Blues. Um, but <laughs> we are we are in, in typical fashion. This is a regular episode, as I say. So we're going to cover the, um, the the Everton game first of all. It was just a weight in Norwich. It was a one 0 victory, Craig. I think uh, I'm going to start by saying I think the first 45 minutes were very in keeping with a lot of the games we've seen in lockdown. Very slow. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's the very fact that there's there's no crowd there, not driving players on, but. Every single first half at the minute looks just like exhibition football, doesn't it? It, it, it feels like attack-based events all, yeah. all, all the time. Not even pre-season. They look like training sessions. Mm. I was watching uh, the, the game today, Southampton, 
Um, Watford. Watford. Yeah. Pretty much the same. I know Southampton took the lead, but it, it's very... It, like, it was first half, it seemed to be Southampton based, like, um, just attacking Watford. Yeah, they were the defence side. And then yeah, it, like it, was, it was the opposite yeah. way around. It's just... Someone made a someone battle. made a good point, and I think the points were made a few times that that like in the absence of a crowd, the players that are obviously most players and certainly at Premier League level, they're, they're very tactically astute and clever players. They know the game very well, and and they train every day and work in a particular system, and they're having the opportunity to think about that a lot in the game without yeah. being influenced by the crowds. And I think that's like you're saying there, Craig. I think that's producing almost like training sessions in the first half, and then. There's a bit of emotion at half-time, maybe from the manager or the coaches to get into them a little bit and maybe to get into each other. And then the second half tends to raise a little bit, doesn't it, in tempo, yeah. or, or has done yeah. most of the games. Yeah, it, it, it certainly has. And, and, you know, second half, we, we came out and showed a little bit. I thought um, Alex Awobi was particularly good second half. It, it seemed like Ancelotti put a lot of trust in him in, in, in that uh, second half to do a job, and, and he, he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Albeit, I mean... When when you're uh, when the crowd isn't there, you kind of find yourself listening to the commentators a bit more. You have to. I know there's that black crowd noise in the background, but I wasn't having the, the heaped heaped up praise that that, that Awobi got. I thought he was particularly poor in the first half, and the he was poor half, in the first half. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was a little set. bit better. And and I, I I know what you're saying. He shows a bit of character, and, and maybe Ancelotti did get into him a little bit. But all he's shown in the second half is, you know the the least that we should be getting from him. I don't think it was like a good performance from him. I think it was just the minimum that you should be you should be getting from a, from a creative wide player. No, I, I, just, I think you're being a, li- a little bit harsh there in, the sen- in that sense. But, you know, it was an improvement from the first half, most definitely. But I thought he, he, he drove onto their full-back particularly very well in, in, in that game. No, and, not, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. He a lot of chances. Well, yeah. he's there to create, isn't he? So, what what did he produce, sort of statistically? Did he did he come up with many crosses or goals? Oh, throwing us on our, I don't mean exactly. Yeah. But was it, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point though. I I, th- I think he put a, a couple of a couple of decent balls into the box. Um, I think that it was the very fact that he was he was direct, which yeah. which was pleasing for me. Yeah, and and I think one of the frustrating things about Iwobi, and it, and it always takes you back to Peter Beagrie in the nineties, is that he seems to do that stutter a lot, where he he beats a man and then he wants to kind of beat him again or to to comprehensively beat him. He, he doesn't look enough for that yard to just get a ball in, which is what he's capable. He's got quick feet, and I, I think what you know what I'd like to see a little bit more about him is what you were saying there, is for him being a bit more direct and and just being a bit more deliberate in what he's doing so if he's going to go and beat the man go and beat him and beat him down the line or beat him on the outside or beat him on the inside don't half beat him on the inside then half beat him on the outside then get your cross blocked yeah he most definitely has to improve on his on his end product and, and have the confidence to be able to, to to do it because he has got the ability like you say he's got quick feet and he, he can play very direct I think with a Wolby and, and what we've seen so far he's he either has them them apps where he, he can yeah. He can look like the best player on the park for you know for 25, 30, 35 minutes. He needs to turn them into you know you know the latter stages of the games, doesn't he? Well, yeah. for, for the full full ninety. Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at looking across to to, to other parts of the the, the pitch, obviously the the defence were 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 given a little bit of praise. I don't think aside from. They had a decent chance towards the end. No, they didn't really lay a glove on us. Um, I mean, not that that's massive, a massive compliment because they, 
it, they have been a little bit out of sorts recently and, and overall, I suppose, the season. It's probably fair to say that they've been one of the worst, if not the worst team in, in, the, in the league. But in terms of looking at us as a, as a defensive unit, we look a lot more confident, didn't we, and, and solid in terms of what we were trying to do. I mean, yeah, I think it helps as well, the opposition, like you say. I think um, they, they lack ideas, don't they, going forwards. I think the last 15, 20 minutes, they've they seen a little bit more joy of the ball, but I, I think they, they, they cope pretty well with it, didn't they? I, I didn't think that they ever felt like they were going at um, they were going to concede. I think if that game went on for another half an hour, maybe another ninety minutes, I don't think they would have conceded. Yeah, it was a bit of a mad decision from from the manager, weren't he, to, to not play like Buendia and and Campwell and Puhi, and then he seemed to play. I don't know if he was just shuffling the pack with the purpose of just legs. You know what I mean? And um, possibly the with the FA Cup. I, th- I think he might have wanted to throw his hat in at the FA Cup. I know, I know they've got a job to stay up, but it looks pretty much out of their, their reach now to stay up, mm. doesn't it? Anyway, yeah, I yeah, think they might have been throwing all the, you know all the, the cards at the FA Cup. To be honest, but yeah, but, at but, that, but, sorry, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, but you know, sort of resting players when they've had months off. You know, is that is that the answer? You know what I mean? It, it might just be fit, a fitness level, mightn't it? You've seen mm. you've seen a lot of teams making. The, you know the, the five institutions during mm. the game so you know like you say a lot of these games at first half are getting played at like exib- exhibition pace aren't they same ground pace so it, they, yeah, they can't really be match fit yet and like Judgey said before it seems to be like the, the ball players you know the, the players who, who like to conduct the game who are having the most joy in these games yeah, yeah definitely did you mention there that usual you know use looks Defensively solid or whatever, um, and and I think that was what I took away from the derby. I thought you just looked very organised and, and very diligent mm-hmm. and, and and whatnot. Um, but in terms of Ancelotti setting you up and, and making you look a lot more stable defensively and a lot more organised and, and 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 disciplined, is that taking anything away from your attacks? Are you noticing that more that that maybe you know that that organising? organisation at the back is costing a little bit in terms of attacks and is that no, why we caught the eye because he was a bit more direct no I, I, I think I think personally I think that's just what he's work, what he's got to work with at the moment I mean we, mm. we said it at the start of the season when you know for a couple of games and I'm, I'm literally going to say a couple of games we looked to be a little bit stronger under Silver when we were just playing on the counter attack and we were able to sit deep and you look at the the, the attributes that Michael Keane's got and, and it is to he, he's more comfortable defending deep and, and you know we, we've got no midfielders. That's no, what I was going to be just about to say. Then do you think Ancelotti? No, I was just going to say. Then do you think Ancelotti is actually acknowledging the fact that we are very short in, in midfields? Yeah, seems and to be, that's a, we seem to be bypassing the midfields. Don't we? That, we that's what I mean. He, he's just to, he, he's playing to the strength of the team, and he's any experienced manager, whether it's in football or, or you know in a business, you, you you play to the strengths of your your employees or your players and. His personnel or the players he's working with, you know, we've got quick, physical, um, dangerous forwards, you know, that can get in behind teams. And we've got defenders, you know, Seamus Colm, you know, we're fairly quick down the flanks, but we've got a centre-back in Michael Keane, who's much happier defending deep. And Mason Olgate, who's a, who's a relatively inexperienced defender. So playing a high line is dangerous on a number of levels. And then you've got Jordan yep. Pickers, who has never had the best records in terms of being that, Effective sweeper keeper. He's, yeah. he's got the attributes to do that, but he's never his decision making in terms of when he comes off his line has never been the most you know as good as it, it should be. I mean, even the other night, um, he should have. I think he was unlucky not to give away a penalty there. He comes flying out with his legs, 
takes the. I, I thought he could have stayed on his feet. I think the commentator was praising him, but if their lab was a went over, when he come out you're with his legs, the referee a decision, give a decision, he may well have given away a penalty. But I think you're right, Craig, and I think that's that's what I was going to say. I think Ancelotti's recognised that at the moment we're very light in midfield, but but equally we our strengths lie with those two forward players, as in Richarlison and, and Calvert Lewin. How did you find the performance of our midfield? The midfielders that he did actually play on on was it Wednesday? Can't yeah, what uh, Tuesday wasn't Tuesday. Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday? I, yeah. I think I think I think Gomez has a decent enough game. Um, he's still got that tendency, and, and and the opposition Liverpool certainly plays on it. And I think Norwich at times did, did that. He just wants one touch too many, or he, he still plays the game. And you know what? I think that's it's almost a testament to how good he is as a player. He's got that belief that he can play the game at his own pace. But at times in the Premier League, you can get caught out. Um, but I thought, I thought he was he was fairly assertive in there. Um, I thought Tom Davies was, was dreadful in the first half, as bad as I've seen a midf- any midfielder in the Premier League this season. The same as the position was all over the place. Couldn't win a tackle every time he got it. He couldn't he couldn't find an Everton player. His first touch was poor. Um, I thought Sigurdsson came on and, and done a decent job. He looked exp- he looked like an experienced head in there and. And he, and he certainly settled the midfield down a little bit. Is that worrying? Is that worrying about Tom Davis? Given that you know you're speaking about like a a dart in midfield and like he's got available, but then he's not really taking his opportunity when he's when he's when he's actually being used now. It's not. It's not you. It's it's not news to me. It's not a revelation revelation to me to see Tom Davies have a an out of sorts performance. He, he's up and down. Mm. One week he can be very good. You know, another week he can hold his own. Yeah. What yeah. one week he, he can be pretty ordinary, and other weeks he can just think the gaff out. He, he's it's frustra- it's frustrating to me, and I know and I, I know Craig's a, a big fan of his in the way that in, in the sense that he's he's a young player, but yet he's played a lot of games and he's got a lot of decent attributes. But I just I think there's only so long you can keep going on about these attributes. No, so, yeah, well, like, I, I I've obviously with the games coming thick and fast and being on the telly, uh, every game being on the telly, you do look at other midfields and you do look at other midfield players and you know I've seen Campwell now and I've seen um, Phil Foden from Man City and he seems way off them yeah. and I, you'd, mm. you'd like to you'd like to think they were the same types of player but yeah, yeah. For me, he's got a lot of seeing them a little bit more and obviously seeing Davis it obviously makes you think you know he has got a little bit of work to do to 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 get to that level, whether he's whether it's because he's played so many games for Everton at such a young age, he feels quite comfortable. I, I don't know. It's it's strange for me. No, I, I agree with you, Craig. I, I said it on our Everton WhatsApp group when I was watching the game. The, the performance from him the other night, I, I on that on the basis of that performance, I don't think there's a worse sentiment in in the in the league that plays every week. Now I know Tom Davies doesn't play every week for us, but that's what he wants to be. I, I I'm struggling to think of a worse sentiment in the league, and that that's a bit dramatic. But uh, <laughs> that's that's my opinion on him. And, and you know, you know, I know a lot of and a lot of Everton fans are critical of Sigurdsson, and you know, I did did back him um, early on in the season. I couldn't defend his performances since the start of the season, but for him to come on, despite how low he is on confidence, and to look as commanding in there compared to Davies, it just just sums up really where. Where it, you know where that performance ranked, um, mm. but no, it, look, it, it was a, I think the one nil pretty much sums up the game. Really, it, it was a game of pretty few chances. I think Cal- Calvert Lewin will be disappointed that he didn't get on the score sheet. Um, he had a pretty, you know, the, the header that he that he missed. It was a, was a pretty, you know, 
there's a couple of headers actually that he has in there, and um, they, they, they were normally, you know, Dominic Calvert Lewin goals, aren't they? Yeah, he just seems to let them bounce off him, didn't he? Just didn't yeah. seem to like want to direct it anywhere. He just seems to want to get in there. It was a little bit and, of time, like a timing issue, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. But, um, you know, Richarlison was fairly quiet, albeit, you know, he worked hard and put himself about. And, you know, the, the more you see them two playing together, and, and we, we touched on it, you know, five minutes ago, the more you think at the moment, at this moment in time, um, and barring, you know, an exceptional transfer window, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen this summer, we've almost got to build the team around them two at the moment. They're, mm. they're the two shining lights. Um, yeah. from an attacking sense for us and we've spoke about the, the visual around the grounds and there being no fans and everything else how did you find the visual of us playing in the pink kit against the yellow kit was it hurting your eyes a little bit <laughs> I, I was looking at it going what am I watching here I feel like I'm watching Mr Blobby <laughs> I, can, I, can't say, I can't say it was to be honest I, oh, I, I was watching it, it. I thought it was were you watching it in pitch black or something <laughs> I was just like that, that. Yeah, no, I was just watching it thinking, why aren't we wearing blue? And it was just, I, th- I don't know, I th- it was like a mental thing for me. I was just a bit... Now you mentioned it's a bit strange that we didn't wear blue and they're in yellow. Like. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I suspect, I was watching it, I just felt like I was hallucinating a little bit far, but it just it just didn't sit well watching it. Yeah. Well, one, before we do move on, one, one player I do want to um, kind of speak about, Moise Keane. Um, Sky made a bit of a mistake before the game and when they put the team out they didn't put Moise Keane on the bench or they didn't show him on the bench and we were kind of chatting about what that might have meant on, on a you know whatever, WhatsApp group and whatever and obviously he was on the bench he came on first thing he done just just stunk of frustration he just ran after some player and chopped him down got a yellow card and I'm just thinking to myself every time I see him now he, he just looks a forlorn figure and someone who doesn't really want to be there um, you wouldn't know, would you? I mean, since he's been there, he has had as few, uh, like a few critics, hasn't he? And he has had a, a little bit of bad press. And he's a young lad, isn't he? Does probably feel a little bit homesick you now when he's reading his papers and he's he's being criticised for one thing or another. I did I did notice that obviously what he what he's done on the pitch, but there, there is a player there, and I do think in the next five, six, seven games, he I, I do think he'll get a chance because I think he's got to. Hasn't he? I think we are we're low on options. And... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do, and I, I agree. I think he, he probably does have to get a chance at some point, but I don't think it's really concerning. He, he's obviously a young player anyway. Comes from Italy, he had that bit of a Balotelli demeanour about him, where he's kind of got that swagger, and he's come with a bit of a reputation. I was encouraged, obviously. You know, he put in a couple of artists and performances before lockdown, and he got his goal and whatever, which was quite important to him um, at Goodison. And, you know, the whole Ancelotti connection was encouraging, but I, I haven't seen much from him in the way of his attitude, which suggests to me that, it, that he really wants to be there. But as you, as you say, Craig, I think time will tell. And, and you know, if he, if he gets a start, it'll probably tell us a little bit more. But I just thought it was worth bringing up. But I, I wasn't too impressed again with the way that he that he come on and, and the, the impact, the negative impact that he had again on the game. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> but, oh, <sorry. laughs> that was really that's all right. It was one of those moments where you're thinking, is Craig gonna say something you know what? <laughs> um but yeah, look, as I say, the the one nil victory I think was a pleasing one. I think obviously it'd be important to mention Michael Keane getting his goal. Um there was a you know, before the Zab we spoke about that training game that happened at Good at Goodison, which was our only real 
you know, game going into the or the only real run out for the players going into the derby. One thing about that game which stuck out is Michael Keane scored two headers very similar to the one that he scored against Norwich. It looked very much like a training ground routine, didn't it? With a couple of players blocking men and Keane obviously comes in almost unmarked to score. Yeah, he's just looking prolific, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, but his performances have been a, a, a bit assured. Andy had a decent game against Liverpool. He was solid against Norwich. He got his goal. Only because there's no fans there and he's a bag of nerves. Well, yeah. possibly, any, yeah. Any more than 100 then, people there, he goes to bits. <laughs> well, yeah, well, this is it. I mean, if this is going to be the, the, the in thing, I think we might have a world-class centre that. <laughs> <laughs> Better sell them before the crowds come back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, obviously, from a positive point of view, it was a good performance from him. Uh, a fairly solid, if you know, unspectacular performance from, from us on a whole, but clean sheet was pleasing. And, and again, like you just said, then it was good to see you know, a defender getting on the score sheet because we haven't had that many goals from centre backs, have we, over the, the last few years, really? No. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Sorry. Go. On. No, it's all right. Um, we we have got a question coming in later on, but we'll bring it. But it is about Mason Holgate, which is why we haven't haven't really covered anything about about Mason in, in that piece. But um, moving on to Liverpool's Liverpool's game, which was the the following night, wasn't it? It was the next night. It was, wasn't it? Wednesday. Yeah, it was, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. No, it was, it was later on that night, weren't it? Both games were Wednesday. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah it, was, it was later on that later on that evening. So it was Liverpool 4, Crystal Palace 0. Um, pretty comprehensive way to, to, you know, to put the pressure on City. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I was really pleased because obviously we, we'd seen City, you know, absolutely dismantle Burnley. And then you want us to respond there, you know, like and basically say, well, we're going to win our game that we need to win and then put it back in your court. Um, and, you know, whatever it was, whether it was us being off, you being, you know, very organised and disciplined, the derby, the first game back after lockdown, don't really think it was, you know, what I was expecting us to come back and play like, like, like you know, with a verve and, and an energy. I thought we looked a little bit flat and leggy. So I was looking for a response in that Palace game, you know, like to sort of to, to, to see us really seize the moment and, and, and as I say, put the points on the board and kick it back to City and say, Gwed, you, you, you know, you, you've got to do something now, otherwise we're, it, your game's not going to matter when we play you. So to, to see us go and, and literally take Palace apart, who can be a tricky game for us and they have been a bit of a banana skin in the past and stuff, you know, to, to literally see us dismantle them. And it was one of the, it was as good a performance as I've probably seen since probably the turn around Christmas after the Leicester game because I think we did go a little bit flat after after that Leicester game. There was a lot of games where we were scraping wins and scraping points and I was a bit disappointed with the performances but we were getting the job done and I think you know that came across on the podcast. I think me, Phil and Gary were all saying that after the post-match shows well, and stuff. But we st- we see- stopped getting the job done. Well, <laughs> well, that was that was later on when we, you know, we the FA, yeah, the yeah. FA Cup and stuff like that. But I mean, even just even just the other games, we were, we were doing the bare minimum just to just to get the points and not really sort of putting teams to the sword. It was always by one goal, so it was really nice to see us really put our foot on the gas, go through the gears, and 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 to see us score four goals of, of, of from different players, you know, midfielders, forwards, and and the manner of them goals. And, and well, Trent, obviously, it, it it was just really, really pleasing for me. I don't know what you thought, Phil. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Palace had played really well the game before us. Um, and as you said there, going into just before lockdown, we, we weren't at it. We were starting to lose some games. We come back with that game against Everton. Didn't look good at all. Very bad, actually, against Everton, I thought. So I was worried that we were starting to lose our mojo. But one of the biggest difference was the lineup. 
between Everton mm. and Palace, and you know, getting Robertson back into the left back position and getting Salah back in the team, it, it's it's it makes the world a difference to, to Liverpool. It must have felt play. good after that rest, Phil. Anyway, after being rested, well, he clearly <laughs> did. Yet again, yeah. No, but um, you know, playing Gomez left back and all that, it, we lose so much. From you know, Robertson had a great game. I thought he he was constantly pushing forward down that line, and then the relationship between Trent and Salah on the other side, and Salah had a boss game. You know, he's just he a did. he's a he's a stat machine. He just keeps on scoring. I think he's on seventy one goals in a hundred games or something like that now. And um, and that assist he put on at the end for for which was my probably pick of the bunch, and and it was a difficult bunch to pick from as well. So. You know, when we've got that 11 out, which I think we'd all call our best 11, wouldn't we? Yeah, Fabinho, I think so, yeah. Genie and Henderson in the middle. Um, no Lallana. Some team. Well, <laughs> <laughs> even I'll admit he doesn't get it into, into the first 11. But um, no, yeah, I mean, with that team, we're, we're kind of unstoppable. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I think, you know, it was good to... It, 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 was, it was the reaction, as I say, because, you know, I, I thought Trent's performance against Everton was mm. miserable. To be honest, I thought he was way off. You know, his, his passing, his, his, his demeanour in the game, the way he was, uh, nothing was coming off for him. I just didn't think he had a good game against Everton. So to see him sort of, you know, come and, and be much better and get his goal in the manner that he did, which was an absolute peach, wasn't it? It was like, that was really pleasing to see that he, you know, he's reacted and, and he hasn't he hasn't got too down in the dumps about the Derby performance. You know, he, he's been able to shake that off and, as you say, I think Salah he was he was he was man of the match for me, you know, and, and I think Fabinho was probably a close second. I, I thought yeah. Fabinho was was brilliant and, and got his goal. But Salah, it, 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 as you say, you know, you can see what what we miss when he isn't in that side. That that just that cut and thrust that he brings, you know, and and, and as you say, he got he got an assist, he got his goal. It was a brilliant performance, you know, it, it, and it is. I think you're right. I think when when all them. You know, eleven are on the pitch. It is a different, a different beast. You know, it 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 just works, and it was just a really, really nice performance, and 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 one that I'm really pleased was the final one that got us the points almost. You know, to to yeah. sort of get the job done, to sort of do it in in a little bit of style. You know, in, we haven't been able to do it. We meant to play Palace at home on the Saturday, and that was what we were all looking at as maybe the game when we'll clinch the title. And you know, it would have been party time. It was a Saturday. Our five kickoff was planned and stuff. And that, that's obviously been taken away from us due to the lockdown. But to still see us go and, and, and as I say, take them apart and, and put, put a 4-0 up and get our points that eventually being the ones that have earned us the title. And it was it was a brilliant performance. And I'm hoping now that it sort of sets us up to, to you know, the, 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 the title's there in the bag. And, and we'll obviously look ahead to the, to the next game shortly. But to, to sort of just give that team the confidence now to stride on and... And it's reminded everyone, I think, in the league what we are about and why we are where we are. You know, yeah. because it, it, as I say, it was, I think it was a, a, a top performance and, and certainly probably the best one I've seen since Leicester. What yeah, a mad stat that was, by the way, as well. Palace not getting in your area. Not one yeah. touch in our area, that, yeah. That's pathetic. It's pathetic for them, but it, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive at the same yeah. time. No crosses mm. in the game at all. Not one cross. How, no can even, how can that even happen in a Premier League game? Alisson <laughs> didn't have a touch to the other You, you know what? I'm not even messing. There should be a rule in footy where you just automatically get relegated if that happens. 
I'll probably Harrison versus I mean, David in, Hay. In, 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 fair, in, fair, in fairness, to, in, in fairness to, to, to Palace, I mean, they lost Zaha, didn't they? Which, come on, Teddy, in fairness to Palace, you can't oh, not get in the team's area. There was a video wasn't there, of uh, Anzos Townsend touching a ball in the Liverpool box, which uh, the Otter stats have missed. But he was going nowhere. <laughs> he was actually <laughs> on the very edge of the eighteen yard box. Was he was he warming up was he warming up no, or something Van, before Van the Dijk game? Just Van Dyke just like ushered the mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I, I listen, I'm not, I, I think you're right, you know what I mean? It's a pretty embarrassing statistic for them and their fans. But I, I, you know, they've lost their best player, you know, relatively early on in the game. You know, it I'm not saying that that was the reason, but you know, it, the belief went out them when yeah, he I think went so. off. Last I think season. So. In the same fixture last season, I think we four drew three, with them. Yeah. Oh, four, three. Four, three, yeah, it was close. Yeah, four, three. Four, three. Yeah. But um, Zaha terrorised, I think it was Milner, was right back Mil- that day. Yeah, yeah. Zaha terrorised them. And I think, you know, th- their players probably think he's our only hope against Liverpool. And I think the belief went out of them when he went off. Yeah. Well, how would yeah. you describe Palace? Yeah. <laughs> they got moments of magic. Moments players of magic. who've got yeah players who've That's got exactly moments right of magic. though, isn't it? Because they're basically crap. But Townsend and Zaha can produce bits, and, and you know that's what they are. Yeah. Sound, think, Townsend must have got his one then last yeah. week because there was no yeah. magic going on there. No. I, th- I think the other, the other sort of pleasing bit, and it's a little bit spiteful from me, but it was it was almost nice that it was the game. You know, one of the real dark spots for me as a Liverpool fan was Roy Hodgson's reign as Liverpool <laughs> manager. You know, and, and and the way that he sort of said when we were in the relegation zone, we've got no right to think that we should be out yeah. of this and all that. That was, that was one of my that was one of my bright spots. Yeah, actually, I imagine. Like ten years. My my <laughs> greatest part of Roy Hodgson's tenure at Liverpool was when he come out of the derby. After getting beat two 0 yeah. the best we played best, all. Best we played all season. So oh, to, to literally just annihilate his team and basically, you know, almost start writing our name, etching it onto the trophy, and basically saying, "Look at where we've came from when you tried to literally sink us." You absolutely joker. <laughs> so, and he's he's trying to talk about his players, you know, in the interview afterwards, and I was always thinking, it was just like, "Look at it, look at look at where we've came oh, from." Oh my god! It's just like, oh, just to just to draw the line on. Him as a as a what was that about ten years ago? Nine, nine I think years, it was ten years ago. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, with the turnarounds in that time, it's just night and day, and it was it was nice to sort almost just sort of go boom, have that right in your face. Unlock yeah. <laughs> the Roy Hudson, the Roy Hudson testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, it, it, it was as I say, it, it it was a boss performance, and it it was just nice. It was a nice way. It was a nice one to enjoy. What was your favourite goal, Terry? Whoa. Under Hodgson, because yeah. you had the Fabinho, you had the, <laughs> the Fabinho that way, innit? Absolutely, yeah, as good as the City goal. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I thought Trent's free kick was worthy as well, and even even Salah's. That you know the way his, his touch to take it, and then you know to just to, to yeah. just put, sell the keeper and put it in. It was just. Yeah, I, I can understand why you think the final one because it was just a box team. team goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I am going to say. Probably the Fabinho one, though. Yeah. I think it was just an actually rasper, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it, it it didn't even change height from when it left his boot. It was just like, boom. Just before so. we move on, I just want to pose the question to you then, Teddy. Have we got a free kick taken now who we can think chancier every time we get one in around the box? Is Trent that man? Um, I, I, you know, but he's as good as anyone, I think, uh, as good an option, but... We haven't really seen it since Coutinho, have we, where we had someone who is our free kick taker and you 
and you're confident when it when it comes. Yeah, there's been a been a smattering, hasn't it? Because you get Salah taking. Can I say Salah scored one or two, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, Salah yeah. scored a few, yeah. but we've we've got players there that we don't use on free kicks. You know yeah. that you wouldn't even probably think Fabinho is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, phenomenal on free kicks. You know he was Van at Monaco. Dijk. Van Dijk at Celtic took some as well, hasn't he? Yeah, but Milner. Mil- yeah, so there, there, there's a lot there, and I think I think you've got to give Trent now. He, you know, he's he's put that one in there. I think you've got to give him the opportunity to be the main free kick taker. You know, it's as good as any you would have seen out of Beckham and stuff like that. That free kick, it was an absolute peach. Yeah. So, I think he's got to be given the opportunity if you, if, to maybe stake his claim as the main free kick taker. Depending on the side, I mean, if mm. one's on, on the far on the far right side, you're probably going to put Salah on it. You know, for, to get that that sort of. Yeah, that was foot. quite central, in it? Yeah, yeah, but but I think I, I think he probably has uh, the right to, to basically say I'm the, I'm the main free kick taker here now, um, and and you know we'll we'll see what happens. And it'd be nice if he does start to add some goals to his game because he gets tons of assists and he's got a couple of goals. But you feel that someone with his quality, he's got an absolute wand of a boot, hasn't he? So you yeah. hope that he should be able to start getting more goals, you know, and and just becoming this even bigger of a machine in terms of output from a fullback. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, once the game was over, um, you obviously your attention then turned the, to the to the Man City Chelsea game. We obviously briefly touched on it before uh, the fact that City put in a, a pretty City like performance from the season, where they you know they had they had some moments where they were unplayable. They scored a, a brilliant goal, but were let down by defensive errors, and that ultimately obviously granted you, you guys the title. Um, what what was your what were your reactions at the final whistle? What what did you? Hmm. Hey, Phil's still got his Chelsea top on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah for the benefit of the listeners, Phil's wearing the blue top here. It's not royal blue, it's kind of like Dennis the Menace stripes on. <laughs> hey, what a goal that was, by the way, by Porsich. That uh, bit like Owen, the way he sort of for England, I mean, against Argentina, the way he broke. Slow. I know the finish weren't the same, but uh, he's mm. a great player, him, isn't he? He's starting he's to look a player, him, yeah. I think he's starting to. He's th- for, I think we, we talked about this, didn't we, Phil, not long ago, me and you. And I, yeah. I still think for me, he's a little bit inconsistent, but he's a young player, so you know, I think you can excuse that to a degree. I think he's got all the tools in his box to be a boss player, like. Um, he just needs to do it. He, he looks like a clock player to me, though. You know, the way he presses and he's so fast well, on the counter. He is, isn't he? He, he well, is, him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were linked yeah. to him, you know, for a long time. But but in terms of, you know, the game, I think every Reds was... In, in fairness, what I will say is I think there was probably a few Reds that maybe weren't aware that we could even win it in that manner because there was a couple of messages flying around saying, like, we can win it, can't we now? And I think it was everyone was a bit confused. I think in some people's minds, they thought we had to beat City to win it. But I think people... Cause, because of the way the fixtures, you're forgetting what games are happening and stuff like that. So, but um, I think once everyone knew that we could win it, and 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 you know every Reds would have been tuning into that game. And and for me, like me and a couple of the lads, Phil didn't didn't jump on, but the lads were like, let's have a little Zoom call, you know, because we thought that's the only way that we're going to be able to enjoy it together, you know, sort of thing. So we were all on like a Zoom call and. I'll be honest, it, watching it, it was excited building up, but then when we actually won it. It, it was a weird sort of surreal moment so for me where it was just like we've won it but then I couldn't celebrate I was on a Zoom call with a couple of the lads and the baby was in bed upstairs and I was just a little bit like what do we do here like, sort of, I was just like what, what what am I meant to do here like it's just weird I, I feel like boss but I feel weird and I don't know what you felt at that exact moment Phil we, well well, when the when the final whistle went, I jumped up. I was sitting on the couch, only on my own. I jumped up, cheered, and then 
I opened my, uh, my patio doors and went into the garden, beer in hands, and there was all fireworks going off, and I could hear horns beeping everywhere and yeah, that. Yeah. And I was just soaking up like what was a, a pleasant atmosphere. I probably had a big smile on my face, but I was up for work at five o'clock the next morning. So, yeah, well, I mean, so you know that that reaction for me was was like a bit. I, I'm the same. I sort of went outside and I could hear the fireworks and the horns and that. And then I rang my dad, you know, because I go to the game, my dad and all that, and I rang him and I was like. We, you know, we'd done it, and he was like, "Oh, boss lad," and, and stuff. And I said, I, I, "But I sort of wanted to be with me dad a little bit." And I was like, "Pick us up, and we'll just, you know, we'll just drive down the, the ground anyway." Me and me dad. So, me dad picked me up then, and 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 we went down. It was probably ten minutes after the game had finished or whatever, and 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 then we got down there. And it, for me, it just felt like sort of the right thing to do. It was just like I just wanted to be with me our fella. You, you know, we was, go to was game part with. of that. Was part of that driven by? Had you seen the scenes on telly? And you're thinking, I feel like I should be here, be there, yeah. and whatever. But there wasn't at, at what you'd seen on the telly was only a, you know a handful of people at, at the grounds and stuff. But I more just wanted to to sort of be by the grounds. I don't know what. Yeah, I think I think I'd seen a couple. There was a couple of people there, and I thought the video was going around and that yeah, way. I just, yeah. I just wanted to get out the house so I could sort of cheer and celebrate a little bit because the baby, as I say, the baby was in bed, and I was like, just pick us up and we'll just go down. And 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 then when we got there, you know, I think I think a lot of other people maybe had that same sort of feeling because you know people just started turning up, and it was just like I, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who maybe just were a bit like me and just a weird state of. How do you celebrate it? Like, what, what, what's happened? What do you do here? This is just weird. You know, it's just strange. So, so when you got when you got the grand Terry, what, what did you do? I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, like interrogating you here because no, no, obviously, no, we are going to come on to it. <laughs> no, the, the words interrogations probably. The, the, listen, the reason I'm asking this, and, and most listeners are probably tuning in, waiting for this bit because we we've actually <laughs> we've argued over whether we're going to even we were going to even talk about. The celebrations because they've been so to a certain extent controversial uh, we've had we've been flooded by messages me- messages mm-hmm. from blues and reds expressing their feelings about it it's um, had as many it's had as many messages as my alarm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah the, the reason i'm asking that is you know when you got there the, you know the scenes we'd seen on telly or on social media that's like it looked like a concert you know where there's like hundreds of thousands of people jumping up and down together it obviously looks like that from certain angles and whatever, but, but, but yeah, so so straight away, like we, you know, we, we're driving down there. You can hear all the horns, everyone's beeping and all that. And, you, and as we started getting more towards, like you know, by Goodison and by Stanley Park, and like, you can see people are starting to walk, you know, towards the ground. People are coming out, and it was just like a, a you know, it, like but a it match. wasn't it wasn't like a match. It was nowhere near as busy as a match. But me and my dad, we walked down our normal route towards the ground towards the main stands, and and that was where we were. We sort of based at the main stands a little bit, and. To be honest, it was easily enough space for people to spread out. No one was on top of each other or crowded and all that. And then my sister was there and a couple of the other lads, they turned up and, and we were just chatting. And, you know, I've got pictures there. My dad, there's just tons of room around everyone. And it, it was it was fine. It was just a nice sort of atmosphere. And everyone was just cheering, singing songs. A couple of smoke bombs were going off and stuff. And it was just, it was, it was like, it was more families. People were there with kids on the shoulders and stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't like people, you know, there for like, with crates and all that, like a planned sort of night out. You could tell people people were there in like pajamas and all kinds. People who lived there have just came out their houses, and the likes of like yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, we we went drinking. My dad was up for work at three in the morning the next day, so we went drinking. And as you you know, my missus she reduces off on Tuesday, so we were sort. I was under orders not to have a drink myself, so I went literally with my talkies and my phone and got a couple of pictures, and 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 there was plenty of room. I think. 
where the, the, the images that everyone's seen then afterwards on social media and stuff was more around the cop ends. And we did go and have a nose down the cop ends. But I think the pictures do make it look like it was way more, you know, yeah, yeah. in and like like crammed in, like 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 in a tuna can sort of thing. But I'll be honest, it wasn't like that. You know, I wouldn't, as I say, I'm due to have a baby. I wouldn't have stood there if I felt like I was proper. Everyone was on top of me because you know what I mean. You've got to be sensible. And I think in the main, people were in the middle, right in the middle of it. Maybe it was a little bit more jam packed. Some of the younger kids, like the younger lads, who who, who maybe were a bit more carefree. Rough, rough but, from LA. Yeah, they, you know, there, there was a little bit, of, there was a little bit of that, maybe a little bit more jam packed as in the middle of the road. But if you wanted to be away from people, you could have been. There was certainly not, wasn't a case for me where I felt like I was, everyone was on top of me. And certainly by where we were, by the main stands, it was a lot more open. And as it is, you know, if you if you've been around the ground, you know, by the cop, it's a, it's a narrow road with the pubs either side and stuff like that. The main stands a bit more like a wider open space and stuff. So I think it was a little, a little bit of both, you know, and. In fairness, uh, what what I want to say about about the Thursday is, I think it was a bit of an innocence about the Thursday. I think everyone's gone out there; it's an emotional moment, and and I think a lot of people were maybe like me. I'm not excused. I'm not, in in a way, I'm not excusing it, but at the same time, I'm not apologising for it because you're allowed to go outdoors. And I think if you if you do respect the distancing, then why should you not be you know around by the grounds because you're allowed to be outside? And I think in the main, most people didn't take the Michael. You know, like they they they. they as I say, people people were like sort of allowing you to walk past and, and when they were walking past you, they were keeping the distance and stuff. People were wearing masks and that. It was like, I think a lot of people were trying to sort of be sensible. And while some people were having a beer in the street and that, it wasn't like a planned, organised thing where people have turned up and based around a big stack of ale, you know, to, to have a big carnival. Mm-hmm. Whether it ends up being a little bit more like that later on, we I got off at 12, we, me and my dad, as I say, my dad was off for work and stuff, but it was very much a nice atmosphere, and I think there was enough enough of people not taking the myth or going overboard, and and the pitches around the cop end maybe made it look like it was absolutely hemmed in. It wasn't, in all honesty, for when I was there, is what I will say. Um, but I can understand why people see that and sort of reacted and say, "Oh, the breach and lockdown and that," but. No one was in tech, in fairness, because you are allowed outdoors, and and you know. I don't want to sort of sound like I'm being cute there, but for me, it was the right thing to do to go to the grounds and be with me dad and just sort of be in the moment and, and feel like you can celebrate a title win a little bit versus sitting on the couch watching a Zoom call. So I can't really say that I feel it was the wrong thing for me on the Thursday. Now, we'll come on to the next day, I suppose, in a minute. I, I don't know what you thought about what I've just yeah, said there. But... I mean, first and foremost, there's been... This is just as a person, before I speak as an Evertonian or as a football fan or whatever, there's been loads of moments during lockdown where you've got that dilemma. It's like, what should I do here? What's the right thing to do when you feel as though you should do something and you, you know, you, you, your instinct is telling you to do it, but then your brain's telling you you shouldn't. And all I've said to, to my mates and to, to my family and all that is you just need to do what you think's right at that moment in time. And that's, that's probably the same with life in general. My, my gut instinct um, is telling me if I was... You know, if I was in that situation and my team had just won the league, I always want to do the same thing with my dad. I go to the match with my dad as well, and I'd I'd feel like I'd want to be with him, but also I'd want to be in a, in an environment where we could kind of express ourselves and celebrate and feel what we've kind of been waiting to feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I completely, um, I completely. I, I think understand your decision, Kwanke. No, I think as well the very fact that 
a lot of people have been cooped up in the in their mm. own homes for, for three three four months. You know, you're pretty much a caged animal. I, 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 watching Thursday's antics after the uh, Chelsea Man City game, I think other than a lot of people saying up at that crowd, it, it did look like they you know they behaved particularly well. Yeah, you know. It's, I think, where a lot of our listeners have been complaining and have been a little bit more angry at the fact that Blues, and, and we've had certain Reds message as well, is is the Friday at, at the PRS and what, what's what's happened there. So what, yeah. what, what's your take now on, on, on what happens on the Friday? So, I mean, for me personally, as a Liverpool fan, looking at that Friday, as I say, I, I viewed the, the theatre with a little bit more of it. It was more of an innocent moment. It was spontaneous and people had just turned up you know, at the moment. The Friday for me, you know, first and foremost, I didn't go. And my dad sort of, you know, we, we heard that people were going down the period on Friday morning and stuff. And I said to my dad, I don't think I fancy that really, to be honest. I don't think it's the right thing to do or whatever. Um, and I'd had my moment on a Thursday. Now, I think, as I say, that the Thursday felt a, a more of a spontaneous one. The Friday to me was people who had missed out on the Thursday and have felt the Thursday's gone down well and people haven't really sort of lambasted Liverpool fans for that Thursday. So we can go on the Friday and have an organised party at the period. And I think that's where it's been wrong. I think, you know, to go out there and, and, and sort of stack up on ale and, and maybe it was families earlier on, but I think one thing I've, I've said, and I've said this with me missus a couple of times, is what I think you do get a lot of is bandwagons in Liverpool. And I think you've seen like illegal raves on social media. And once one or two have done it, and people are like, I want to go to one of them. You've then seen like loads of them, them illegal raves happening. You know what I mean? It's yeah. been like this sort of, because they're, they're doing things that I'm not doing and I want to do that. And I think for me, the Friday was a case in point of, and, and I knew it would be a case, you'd get all the hangers on and the gigs, the people who have missed the Thursday and thought, well, I want to go and enjoy myself now and lockdown's ending and they've had theirs on the Thursday and I want mine on the Friday. And I think that's brought a different edge to the crowds. I think it's brought, you know, a bit more of a, a boozed up all day affair, which I think is wrong. Yeah. Do you think, do you think defiance, so do you think defiance is, a, is, is a word to use to say, well, we'll, we'll celebrate? And I'm not saying this general, generally. Do you think, there was a certain degree of defiance from some people there. I think we, we, we've won the league. We'll celebrate how we want to celebrate. Yeah, I think, I think that... Yeah, go ahead, Phil, sorry. So I was going to say, I think there's kind of been a, a bit of a lethal cocktail. I mean, if you, if you go back, we've had the, we've had the VE Day celebrations yeah. and we've had the Black Lives Matter protests. And both of those things have almost been praised by, by, by you know, officials and media yeah, outlets. Yeah. They've almost supported it. So we've seen that. We've seen Formby Beach absolutely rammed all yeah. that type of stuff now we're allowed back in the shops lockdown's about to end you've got a 30-year wait for the premier league uh, <laughs> and then you know it's, it's all them things coming together and i'm not excusing any of the bad behavior at the moment i'm just talking on how it came up how, how the gathering yeah, why friday happens why, I think why is what you're saying, of, isn't it yeah um so i think you know that, that's led to the to the gathering and i'll just say as well i, I drove past um, the period I, I didn't even know anything was going on there to be honest I just drove past and heard all the music and I seen a few people outside Jürgen's bar but what it did here it sounds like someone was on a stage with a microphone like a, an organised concert 
So mm. there was something going on pretty organised down there. I don't know who it was, but there was some sort of organised thing down there, and it wasn't fans or just someone on a microphone. It, it was almost like a concert. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard of any organisations like that were doing like a concert sort of thing, but whether that was I the case, yeah. there, was, there was definitely, you know, there was things going to in the rounds on groups I'm in and stuff, and, and my dad said, a couple of the lads have said that something's happening down the pier heads, and everyone's gathering at the pier head and stuff, and he said, like, what, what, what are you thinking? And I was like, I'm, well, I'm not going, you know what I mean? I was like, we, I was there last night, and I can't think anyway, and I don't really think. One thing that sticks out in my mind is, and as I said, they were like the bandwagons, it, it almost had that set up of we went to Istanbul me and my dad right and it was like a special sort of obviously special for the result but it was special because it was like the first time and if you went it was murder to get there and it was expensive Athens we went to that as well it was a very different atmosphere Athens you know because it was almost like everyone who missed Istanbul was determined not to miss Athens so you, you got this whole other edge to it you know of people turning up who that weren't there the time before and were determined to have their moment their Istanbul yeah. and it was like I, you know, I think that happens, you know, where people feel like they've missed something. It's like, I've got to make up for it and go over the top and do more. And I think in my mind, I had that that in my, my head that I said, and I said to me, Dad, I, I don't think it's, you know, people are just going to be there tanked up all day, you know. And well, I, I think that's the me. thing. I think that's the thing. You've, on the Thursday night, you've went out on a, on a bit of a whim, haven't you? And thought, you know, what happens yeah. on Anfield's, whereas on the Friday, People have had time to think about it. They probably woke up. They probably thought, "Do you know what? I'll go get the office. Yeah. I'll get 12, 12 bottles. Phone the mates. They'll get twelve bottles." And then that, they're all of a sudden they're down at the the pier. It's, it is more organised, and you know, like like all the the protests that have gone on. If you've got that many people, you know, either being jovial or being you know angry with something, you're always going to get the odd dickhead. Yeah. You know, no matter what, who's going to, you know, there's going to be a bad press from it, as we've seen with the protests, which are meant to be, you know, you know, peaceful protests. You do still get the the, the odd ones who, who, oh, who in any crowd, you know, ruin, in, in, ruining it. If you've got tens of thousands of people, it's it's hard to, you know, stop the, I'll, the I'll odd just, one who's a lunatic. I'll be the one, so the blues aren't forced to say it though, to say that when the uglier scene started to come out, I was devastated. Yeah, I, absolutely. I was do, 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 do you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and and and, and I'm gonna say because I think it's it's right that we say it, not as blues, but just the scousers. I thought yep. it was embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I thought I thought the way the the whole thing of the liver buildings even being blue that's embarrassing. What, what I mean, that is something that happens all the time. By the way, it's not something they just do on that night, but surely someone should just be taking the decision and going. Just leave it be tonight because but, uh, it was meant, to, it was meant to be for the day. Armed forces day. Yeah, but but it but it does. But, but most most nights you go past there though, it's lit and up it's blue. because yeah. yeah, it's yeah. our officers are up there. So but, I think I think for the red set, some of the red saying, "Ah, well, you shouldn't have put it blue because that's just going to drag us on." I don't think that's right. I think you know you can't use that as an excuse. Time, you can't use them as an excuse. But like all the things we're saying, like you were saying there, Craig, when there's enough people there, there's going to be the odd you know divvy and. I, uh, what I want to say is, right, uh, uh, every fan base, whether it's Liverpool, Everton, whatever club you pay to care to pick, and, and not even just football fans, as you've said, in any crowd, you're going to have a handful of absolute weapons who sort of just have got no common sense or decency about them, right? So I think judge, what, what you're getting at, Judge, is after, you know, and it isn't an excuse, and I'm not using it as an excuse at all, and, and I will condemn the idiots at the period shortly, but what you'd hope was is a little bit more foresight from those 
in charge and then that might be the council and the police to sort of say well you know let's we've seen that happen on the Thursday but let's disperse any crowds on the Friday let's not light it up blue you know what I mean and and maybe be a little bit provocative whether it is all the time or or isn't you just want a bit more common sense there once you know the crowds are there um but that being said it shouldn't be the authorities to have to control people growing adults you know to make a correct decision well, and then yeah. Muppets who were at the period and you're right it is an embar- it was an embarrassment to Reds to good decent fans you know I, I you'll get people probably who message in the pod afterwards and say I'm a hypocrite because I went down the Thursday and then I'm condemning people who went down the Friday I'm not condemning people who went down the Friday I'm condemning mm. the idiots at, at the end of the Friday who took it too far we were firing rockets at the Liver Building, which is an iconic Liverpool building. You know, I got married in the Liver Building. That's my wedding venue. And I got married there because it's an iconic Liverpool building. And I wanted my wedding there. It's, it's on our crest. It's like, why would you even have the audacity to do it? Why would you do it and not think like that it would cause this sort of reaction? What, what was, you know, what was the, the gain? Now, can I just say something else as well? Because I, 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 I think all the points you've made are completely valid. But to, to backtrack a little bit, because a lot of the messages we've had have been about people defying lockdown rules and things like that. And I, I said 20 minutes ago or something that I've, I've, you know, I've, we've made, I've made a number of decisions during lockdown to do certain things. Sometimes and most of the time I've done it just based on gut. And, and, and that what you described going the ground on a Thursday was a good decision. And it was your decision. And I'm not going to criticise that. My the people who went down on the Friday, it wasn't a good decision, and that's that's where my my issue lies. It, yeah, and I, and I I'm agree. gonna and I'm, I'm gonna look. I know a lot of people who went down there on the Friday, and you know I'm, I'm not questioning them as people, and I'm not you know that's that's a bit deep. But th- th- there's been a big there's a bigger picture here, and there's a, there's been a bigger picture for the last four months. There's a lot of people who have died. There's a lot of people who continue to die, and there's far too many people for me who've planned a day out at the pier head knowing that tens of thousands, you know, up well, to 10,000 people are going to be there. And, and that's just, it's, it's yeah. inconsiderate. It's, 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 it's all. Do you know when Boris come out and he, he was saying, he gave that confusing message and he was talking to people Don't about, go out, about, do go out, all that. Yeah. Common sense though was the prevailing yeah. thing that I took from it. So let's take the, the crowds of Formby beach, for example, the very fact to go, to the pier head to me is exactly comparable with the idea to go to Formby Beach. It's the same thing. But if you want to go, because I was almost, I missed the Thursday night and I almost wanted to soak up some celebration. But when I saw how many people were there, I thought, no, that's not smart. And if you had a plan to go to Formby Beach and you're the first man there, fine. But if you turn up and there's a big firm there, then maybe you've got to turn around and say, this is silly, yeah, this, this is crowds. So oh. I'm not condemning everyone who went. Anyone who went with ale and all that, they're there for spending the whole day there. They, they probably wanted to get drunk and they probably don't care about the consequences. So I don't want to lump it. You're talking about there, Judgy, about the, the fact you go and you've planned to be in a crowd. Well, even the people there, though, I think deserve separating because, because some people probably went down with the idea, well... We'll keep our distance. Respect. We'll keep yeah. our distance. We don't even know how big. I, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone who's went down up here has thought I would have keep my distance. No, you'd leave well, the pier, Ed. You'd I leave. That, you'd leave that down. area. But you'd I, leave I, that area, wouldn't you? Then? I would have left. Yeah, I would have left. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And and like you say, the first man yeah. on the beach is he a fault? Probably not. But as soon as the crowd turn up, the first man gets off if he's got any common sense. Yeah, and that's and I think and I think if you if you look at you know certainly for me if you, if you look at the pictures in the daytime. 
around the period, I think it looks more family. I think if you see the pictures at the period later on when the rocket attacks and on on the, the live building and and you know the attacks on the police and all that stuff, you look at that crowd then. It's a very young crowd, and I think that's the difference. Is I think the you know there's an element in what Phil was saying there. I think that maybe it was people going down who've missed it Thursday with family or whatever, thinking that they can go and have a jovial day at the period. I, and I think sense. they probably Sorry. have sloped off, you know, at a mm. certain point and thought yeah. this is taking a horrible turn. I got I sent know. a video though at midnight from it was like it, it was a lad who was about 20 years old down at the pier at midnight. And he was there, there was loads of space around him, and he was saying the atmosphere is great. Something went on before, don't know what it was, but it ended pretty quick. But he, he was like scanning around doing a 360, and he was like, everyone's just having a nice time, there's loads of space and all that. So Listen, I, 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 I don't think video. Any, I don't. I don't think anyone's questioning that. You know, ninety-nine percent of the people there were just out to have a good time. They were jovial. These are just when your first title in thirty years. I think the the, the point that Judgey is getting at, and you know, the logic behind why Terry stayed at home was because there was you know thousands and thousands of people yeah, there. Yeah, and and I, and I think and you know that that is the bigger picture. And I think you you know you have got to think like. Is that is is that the thing to do in the cold light of day in the morning when you wake up and you've got time to think? It isn't an emotional, irrational thought, is it? Where you know something just happens and you just do it in the heat of the moment. You've woke up that morning and thought, "I'm going there," you know. It's so yeah, I, but at the same time, I don't think that there's much difference in the Thursday and the Friday. Although I the decision to I go. Do. No, I I do in your head. I mean, I, I I'll be openly honest and say. If it was in Everton's shoes, I'd be doing both. I'd be going the Thursday and the Friday in this situation. Whether whether that's right or wrong, whether it's right, I, I know. I'll, it's I'll right. tell you. I'll tell you. I think it's wrong. But it, look, no, it's I opinions. It is I know opinions. it's wrong, but I know it's a wrong, the wrong thing to do. But I would probably have done it. Those mm. those and but I think I think to sort of you know. To put a, fine, a, a final sort of point on it, what I, what I want to say, and and I think what a lot of Reds would want to say if they had, you know, me and my man and Phil's position here, a platform to sort of say it is, it, it's easy to say they're not Liverpool fans, you know, them them Mings who were doing all them attacks, and I, I can't say they're not Liverpool fans because they were there, so who knows, you know, they are, they, they, yeah, they, they, if they're there in the Liverpool crowds, whether the you know whoever they support, they're there in the Liverpool crowd. So unfortunately, this the sort of you know by part of our collective by association, yeah. So, but what I will say is I'm devastated, like what Phil said before, like gutted that you know the reputation of millions or hundreds of thousands of Liverpool fans in this city is is being you know dragged down by the actions of an handful of absolute and Craig said before and I'll repeat it dickheads and I'm not going to stand and defend them or say ah oh, it was only fireworks or whatever or it was an accident or not no. it weren't it there was, was a, a melee with the police have you seen that video yeah and it's I'm an absolute scam but there's, but there's, of, there's of a disgrace taking take that away though you know all these Black Lives Matter thing I don't want to get too political but these are peaceful protests and there's been you know, there's been things with the police at that. Yeah, yeah but there's, there's no, there's, 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 look, there's just no place for attacking the police. They were, you know, no, the police that's were... what I'm saying. I'm saying what I'm saying is, is as long as you've got thousands mm. and thousands yeah, yeah, of yeah, there with a shitloads of ale down, and they're, they're gonna think irrationally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and 
I, I, for me, you know, it, it actually turns out that the lad is even from Liverpool, which explains a lot. But, but that doesn't any, matter. No, 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 no. I'm not. But it doesn't matter because any scouser that I know would not do that to the lad building. You know, any scouser worth the salt, whether you're blue, red, you know, any whoever you support, Medine, you know what the place that the lad building has in this yeah. city's heart, and it isn't. It isn't. I don't think in. I don't. I, I can't understand the mindset of any scouser who could possibly. No, well, well, I'd like to think. I'd like to think that I wouldn't know any scouser that would do that. Of course, but when he'd actually done it, there was cheers, and you can't yeah. tell me that there was the way in a scouser that cheered that moment. Maybe, maybe, and 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 that that is the that's so the, I don't. That's, I think that's the shameful can, side. Like, that's the shameful side, that. and that's the big mm-hmm. way you won't get us defending it. You know what I mean? No. And no. I don't have to, like, you know, it's not my position to apologise for the wider Liverpool fan base, and I don't have to apologise to any person in particular, but on behalf of anyone who watched them scenes, I don't think you can, you know, I hope that you don't look at the rest of the Liverpool fans, and this isn't just to Blues, this is to Reds or anyone or neutrals who even listen to our show or whatever. I don't think you can, or I hope that you don't look at that and think, that's that's the average Liverpool fan because it isn't. You know, that's what I think. That's what I think. I think the very fact that one lad's from Scarisbrick and Lancashire, another lad's from St. Helens, you know, I I don't look at what happened there and think of it as, you know, they've tarnished Liverpool as a city. They've tarnished Liverpool as, as a club, as a fan base, as a fan base, yeah. yeah. And, and well, that's horrible. Well, 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 we had a message from a, a Liverpool supporter, which I think sums up what you are kind of saying really and, and he said that I'm so so disappointed because what happened on, on Thursday proved every negative theory about our fan base correct now it, you know he's saying that to a certain extent tongue in cheek because he, he's not saying that every you know that that group represented your fan base but what it did is it fueled the media to say well look that's what Liverpool fans do you know the media are looking to try and push that narrative uh, on I Thursday was a say on Friday yeah, Friday. Sorry, Friday. Friday. Apologies. I meant the, the period. I was a bit. I was a bit embarrassed because I, on the last podcast I was talking about, you know, the government should give us the chance to show that we can be well behaved rather the council than council as well. Make, and the council, sorry, yeah. I lumped them all together as the authority yeah. type of thing. But to to give us the chance to to show that we can be well behaved and and not to assume the worst in us. I wanted that chance from them, and then to show them the worst in us devastated me that 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 was one of the things that hit me hardest that because and again as we've said it wasn't the wasn't the but wider it, fan base but it's it, it's the worst too many though it's the worst of our fan base but it's the worst of society you know yeah, yeah. You said, yeah. any group you're gonna get idiots and that's the horrible thing is you know it's just that you know we've we've won the league and and we're in the spotlight and unfortunately that's caused a, a large gathering and on that on that particular day a subsection of them have, have literally fulfilled, as you've said. I don't think it's the worst suspicion. Like, yeah, I don't think the listeners quite right to say the you know the the worst points of or confirm the worst. What is what did he say? Did you he said uh, he said the, the actions over the two days, mainly on the Friday. Apologies, I meant the Friday. Uh, proved every negative theory about our fan base. Correct. So what, what he was saying is it proved the negatives. The, the people who are looking for that to push that narrative. That you know your fan base is, is is reckless and out of control, and they're always looking for a, a chance to kind of try and you know make it worse than what it is. And I'm, I'm thinking about how much they focused on the you know the attack on the city coach last season, you know in the, mm. the Champions League and stuff like that, which was a, again 
a small part of what was a bigger scene before the game at Anfield. But what he was saying is, I was really disappointed that you know, was winning the title and stuff has then been followed by the Friday, which is which has helped the media or it's helped those outlets. Um, prove it's helped prove their theories, their negative theories about the fan base. Yeah, it's get it's you know it's it's gave ammo to them who who, who maybe do sort of see us in in broad brushstrokes as being you know maybe out of control in certain moments or whatever. It's 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 gave ammo to that to to people who want to level that at Liverpool fans. But what I've said and I think what Phil's saying is, I I don't think you should you, you know you can look at. As I say, hundreds of thousands and millions of Liverpool fans, and and as bad as their actions are, and as as poor as it reflects on on the fan base, you know, I think you've got to be, you can't you can't lump people together in one big collective and say, you know, that that's your fan base, and it proves every negative part or negative theory about your fan base or our fan base. I, I, it hasn't. It's proved that we've got their heads as well, yeah, and, and and they're out in force when we're out in force. My personal opinion is that it, it's it's a problem with humanity, human nature, society, uh, and the problem with Liverpool is we come in numbers <laughs> everywhere we go, uh, and when you come in numbers, you, you, there's going to be a percentage almost every time, you know, a small percentage of it, um, and you know, wherever you, as Craig said numerous times, wherever you see massive crowds. There's always a problem, and Liverpool always come in massive crowds. But not not just massive crowds, but we're in the spotlight quite a lot because we've been successful recently. So you you at more occasions, you know, and 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 with cameras pointed at you, I think so. Yeah. You know, you get more opportunities for them bad actors and then people, the bad ones who we don't want to sort of you know spoil the moment. But listen, well, I, I, we can go on all I guess all night. But for me, yeah. I. I it's a shame, you know, that we're talking about this on 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 a week that we've just, you know, won the league and 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 ended the thirty-year wait. And I, in my, as I say, just a sort of final. I, th- I think the Thursday, you know, rightly or wrongly, was a di- very different different proposition than the Friday. And unfortunately, you know, we're talking about the wrong, the wrong, the wrong side of things that we should be talking about. Well, listen, I, I think. I think some of our listeners, and again, we might be so small, talking about this small percentage again. Some of our listen, listeners wanted the Barney on this show. They wanted us <laughs> as Blues coming out, attacking the Reds and stuff. And, you know, obviously... That's like we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he put his blue on, just in case. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, listen, just to express, we're mates more than anything else. You know, we do represent our fan base on this show, but we're, we're obviously, me and Craig are just two Everton fans. We know a lot of people have got strong feelings on this and you've got to, you've got to write your opinion and your feelings. We, we've, you know, we've expressed ours, you know, on, on, on this, you know, on this show and, and we, we're not saying anything that we haven't said to each other. We, you know, we've had some words about it, but generally the, these are our opinions on it. Um, you know, some people I know are probably not going to be happy that we haven't went hard enough, but, I, I don't think that the, the Reds here have been, you know, complimentary, certainly, of the behaviour, some of the behaviour that went on on the Friday, the, the opposite. You know, they're saying they're just as ashamed, embarrassed, frustrated, pissed off by, by what happened on the Friday. I just want to clarify why you're saying that, Judy, is that I don't want this to come across where we were saying it was just a handful, like it was one or two people. It was too many people. Yeah. yeah. So I want to make that clear as well, that... We, me and Terry are not brushing this off as it, no, it was just one person or it was just two people. Craig mentioned the cheers when the fireworks went up. Yeah, 
the litter was another problem for me as well, you know, which was embarrassing to see. Even even on the Thursday night, uh, the Friday morning, there was too much litter for me. But another thing that disappointed me a little bit, although we did get involved in the clear up. But just for the just for the clarity for the for the for the angry blues who, and that it. I'm not, there's too, there was too many people involved. It wasn't just some ad from Scarisbrick. There was too many what, people. What I, what I can say as well, though, is forget any of the violence happens. I think that people would have had a bit of a grievance anyway with the mass gatherings, whether it be on the Thursday or be on the Friday. We, we've, we need to pick fault in that as well. people yeah. will pick fault in anything. So There'll be some hypocrites in that though. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. And I think that's, 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 that's an point. important point. I think you know it's 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 easy to I think it's easy to sort of to to say that it, when you're not involved in it. I think that's the difficulty, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was. I think it's that as well. I think with with, with a, a lot of people that are a little bit angry that you're all celebrating yeah. as well. I, I don't. I know I said the, the old few personal emails to the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vague sense of hearing. aliases. Well, look, we, we will move past that now. Uh, we we want, but we did we did want to, you know, touch on it. There's been a, I won't I won't lie. There's been a lot of messages about it, so we we, we would have been negligent not to speak about it. But we you know we fully intended to, and you know that's our piece on it really uh, just to reiterate for the Reds who are probably sitting here thinking we've won the title and all you spoke about is the scenes there is going to be an extra that'll come up which will be all about you know it'll be your chance to, to listen and, and, and look back at the season and look back at the actual title victory itself which you know is what you you prefer to be thinking and talking about so that will be coming and, and we will announce that date in, in, the, in the coming days for you um, so moving moving forwards and on to a, a blue topic uh, so an opportunity for us to talk about Everton we had a, an interesting and a very good message from, from Tommy on Twitter Greg um, Tommy on Twitter it's got a nice ring to it um, and he was speaking about Mason Holgate what's that? TT TT, yeah. He was speaking about Mason Holgate, a player who, who you know, has been in the spotlight for the right reasons for us. Um, he's, you know, he's arguably been to this date probably our, our play, one of our players of the season. His question or his point was, how good? First of all, it was a question: how good's Mason Holgate been recently? With Gabamon injured again, and we talk and talk of potentially bringing someone like Guy back, would it be worth considering Holgate stepping into the defensive midfield as he did against United and Leicester under Ferguson? If it's easier to recruit at centre-back, for example, uh, Zuma, Thiago Silva, etc., rather than centre-mid, surely we should be looking at this as an option. would love to know your opinions, as I think it's worth some some thought one way or another. Again, uh, Tommy, I think it's a, it's a really good point. From from my perspective, before I hand over to you, Craig, I've just said before, I think Mason Allgate's been you know, one of these standout performers from us this year. He's a player who, at the start of the season... I would have described as a bit of a misfit. I wasn't sure whether he was a fullback or a centre-back. I wasn't sure whether he had the temperament, even though he was he's still quite young. Uh, you know, he seemed to lose his temper quite a bit or lose his cool a little bit. I thought he was a player who has a lot of attributes, but didn't really bring them together enough in, in particular games that resulted in good enough performances. Um, I've got to say, he's proved most of those things wrong this season. And, and, and you know, thankfully, from my perspective, I think he seems to have grown in stature since... Ferguson took the reins for a short period of time. He took that opportunity to take the extra responsibility in the game against United where he played centre mid in particular. And Ancelotti, it seems, he's gone again. And he really is taken to having a coach of Ancelotti's stature and experience and, you know, giving him that trust. Yeah, well, I think you've just answered it there. Like, we didn't know whether he was a right-back or a centre-half. 
yeah. now he's flourishing as a centre half. I mean, we're seeing the best of him in, in the position in that position alongside either Keane or Mina. Um, would I put him in central midfield? We we know he can play there. We know he's an option there. But would we uh, would we sign a, a player in centre half to place him in his best position or or and just have him in midfield for the just for the sake of it? For the sake well, of it. And, and, and for, me, you... for me, if you're if we're looking, we we've got to look. We we know it. The, we've identified what positions we need to strengthen and centre half and um, midfield is. Or two, two of them, but I don't think it should be to the detriment of Holgate's best position. Yeah, and I think that I think that that that, that for me is that is you know just to offer my sort of opinion on it. You signed Gabamon, didn't you? I think it, you know when it hasn't yeah. quite worked out injuries and stuff like that. It's and it, Gabamon, hasn't he? He's what sorry? It's just been un- very unfortunate, Gabamon. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. But you signed him to play that position, so then if you move Holgate into the midfield and. You know, it, it's it's maybe doesn't have the best games because he's learning a new position. Just that, as as Chris just said, is that a detriment to his development in his best position? You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, no, I, I I can't disagree with with both your points. I, I think it's certainly an option in there. Um, I, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think you know when you've got a young player who has finally found what he would consider probably to be his niche, you know, his position that he's feeling comfortable in. I always thought that he'd only really flourish in a, in a back three or a back five, Holgate, you know, because he wasn't really an out-and-out centre-back. But as, as I say, I've been proved wrong on, on that, you know, on that front, it seems. Um, and, and, you know, Ancelotti seems to have trust in him because, you know, he's certainly out of the three centre-backs that we've got, I suppose, readily available, Holgate, Keane and Mina, albeit Mina's injured at the moment. He was the one who was almost keeping his place every week. It would be Keane or Mina who'd come out. So he seems to be Ancelotti's favourite out of the three. And, and you know what? He's probably my favourite now and, and most Blues would say. You know, on paper, he's probably our best defender now. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, I definitely agree with that. So, in, in answer to the TT's question, you know, <laughs> why why take him out of his, fa- his favourite position? I, I also do do believe that, that going out on loan, I have, I've always found with um, good centre-halves, they always play out on, on the, the better side, either being a right-back or a left-back, just to gain a little bit of confidence first. And I think it improves them as defenders. I think it's certainly worth with Holgate going out on loan uh, to West Brom where he played a lot of his time at right back. Yeah, that's right. No, it's a good point. I was just um, going to say as well, Joe Gomez, um, I think he benefited from, from playing right back a lot. And when, you put, when he plays centre-half and Trent goes bombing forward, he seems to be able to cover for any, any, any gaps that Trent leaves by having the experience of playing in the right back well, position. I think, that, I think from playing in that position, they know where the gaps are. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that's the gap, you know the, the gaps that they've left from being a right back player. Yeah. But, but like, you me, see... like me at the Kingston, Judgey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was definitely like not going to be my next line, but yeah, no. <laughs> Drawing comparisons with Teddy from Kingston. That's what I have, <laughs> have to reply to a reply to Tommy with that one. No, thanks for your question, though, Tommy. I thought it's an interesting one, and and, and you know. I think it would depend on recruitment as well, you know, and and it, it, it may may well be an option. I'm certain he will be an option in the future if we are short in there and if we, you know, we improve in in that centre back position. Uh, I think you know it's a credit to him more than anything else that we're actually thinking of him, you know, playing two of the most important positions on the pitch, really, uh, you know, centre back and and centre mid. Um, I just think with a young player like that, you don't really want to see him as Mr. Versatile, do you? You want him no, to be? No, I, I don't think he wants that, does he? No. No, but, uh, no, we have no his best position, and he, his preferred position position is centre half. Yeah, 
definitely. No, but again, thanks for the question, Tommy. And it was good to get back to some footy chat. Um, we had another question from Pete Mack as well to the website, and he was basically asking um, about the schedule of shows. So, as I said at the, at the top of the show, we are going to. Um, we are we are intending to put a, a short schedule together so that at least over the next four to six weeks you're aware of when the shows go out. We do always try and get them out on a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, by the way, but I, again, I appreciate that it hasn't really been as consistent in recent weeks. So we will look to put a schedule together and put that out on social media. Moving forward to the, the upcoming fixtures, so there's there's two games this week. Um, one one for each team. Everton are playing against Leicester on Thursday. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? Believe it. I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, we so we're playing Leicester on Wednesday at six o'clock. It's at Goodison, obviously behind closed doors again at Goodison. But again, an interesting test because this Leicester team are one of the teams we haven't really come back firing since since the restart of the Craig. And prior to, to the lockdown, the, the the form was a little bit indifferent. It felt like yeah. the you know their the early form and not, I wouldn't say the wheels have fell off type of thing, but. You know, this this certainly finds them a little bit harder. Um, is it? Is it? After, it's a good. It's a. It's a good is it a good yeah, it's a good it, yeah. yeah. No, well, I was just thinking, there is meant to be certain areas in the country that are meant to be going on a more stringent lockdown, isn't there? Unless there is muted as being one of them. Um. What. What was that? Yeah, the lo- local lockdowns. They would do it. Areas be that are being muted as local lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to so see. I'm wondering whether that would be would would that game be put into any any type of jeopardy? I wouldn't think so. I don't think there's there's been anything, and and plus as well, it wouldn't really be impacted by the lockdown itself, would it? Because the nature of the games are that there's isolation, you know, there's there's distancing going on, the social distancing rules being applied, and the players are kind of isolated before that, aren't they? Brought in, you know, yeah. into the changing room, come out playing the pitch. So it's only really the competition elements or when they're playing each other that they're actually interacting. They're in their own little yeah. bubble, aren't they, as a group? Um, so, no, I don't yeah. see that being impacted. I think, I think the game itself, I think it's one really, it, it's an interesting one how, how Ancelotti approaches it. I think, you know, he'd it, be tempted, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that we won't see a change in shape. I think it'll be 4-4-2 again. I think he's going to approach it in a similar manner to, I suppose, the Liverpool game where he's probably mm-hmm. going to concede possession. Brendan Rodgers seems like to have possession anyway albeit they're just as comfortable playing on the counter-attack. But I think he'll want to concede possession to Leicester, look to try and draw them on and, and maybe look to, maybe not play on the counter-attack, but play you know more direct and look to try and hurt them in behind. They're a poor man's Liverpool, Leicester, aren't they? The, way, the style that they play, <laughs> basically. So you know, the approach would be similar. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, and, and I'd like to think, really, we, we should... We, we should be able to hurt them uh, in a similar way to what we've done towards the end against Hughes a little bit more frequently. Um, I, but again, it's an interesting one for the players and for the manager because you're looking at it on paper and going, Everton Leicester at home, we should just be going toe-to-toe with them. But we haven't really, as yeah. we said before, I don't really think we've got the strength in midfield to be doing that. And he no, we haven't got the personnel in midfield, certainly, have we? That's it. And I, and I think... Ancelotti and the team are quite comfortable in the way that they're playing at the moment in that style of you know four four two, staying quite compact, two banks of four, if you will, which is the the old Italian, you know, um, Arrigo Sacchi way um, of defending. And I think I think that's something that the players are really buying into at the moment. And I think that's something I certainly expect in the Leicester game. How do you think they'll line up? Because the only real dilemma at the moment 
um, or two dilemmas, I suppose. Uh, uh, does Tom Davies come back into the team? Does, does he, you know, give him another chance to, to show yeah. that he can be that player? Or and also yeah. before you answer the question, who plays out of I suppose Gordon, Bernard, and Awobi? Because we haven't got that many options in there at the moment. No, I, th- I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to chop and change between between them. I think I think we might see Davis stop. I think his performance on on um, Wednesday against Norwich will probably suggest that, and, and the fact that he holds him off as well will probably suggest that he might go for the Sigurdsson and Gomez midfield partnership. Um, as for for the rest, I'm, I think he'll probably go with the Wobie again. I think his second half performance possibly, well, for me, I know we've both got different views on the second half performance, mm-hmm. but for me, I think it warrants him and playing against Leicester. And I, think it, and he, I do think that he could possibly hurt their, um, their back line. I think there's definitely, you know, a benefit to that. You know, if he has improved his, his performance, because he did, you know, it was an improved performance in the second half. You know, confidence is obviously important to, to any player, but particularly a young attacking player like Awobi, who's, you know, at a new club, hasn't really established himself yet and, you know, hasn't really give the fans anything to really, you know, endear themselves to him. I think he does need a big performance, doesn't he? And he needs something, to, you know, a goal, a big assist, something like that. So that would make sense, keeping him in there. Uh, I'm just not sure what he's going to do. Whether he's going to start with Bernard or or, or Gordon, um, he he hasn't very very often started Bernard two games in in succession since he's been in charge. Ancelotti, he doesn't seem to. I don't know if it's a tactical thing or whether he doesn't see Bernard having the you know the the engine to kind of play two games at, at a high enough intensity. So I, I've got a feeling that he that he might start Gordon again and kind of give him another chance to go. Well, you know, because I think. And playing in the derby and then just maybe getting whatever 15, 20 minutes against Norwich, is that the kind of introduction he wants? Does he want to feel the kids to feel like he, he's an important part of things? Well, am I right in thinking that Walcott might be in contention for the Leicester game? I know he's back in training. I'm not sure. I don't think it might come a little bit too early for him, I think, from what from what mm-hmm. I've been seeing. Um, I, I think I think if it didn't, he, he'd be the weirdly he'd be a shoe in, yeah. Strangely, yeah, I think you'd be assuming. Well, I do think Ancelotti prefers him to to all four. Well, out of the four of them, I will be um, Gordon and, and Bernard. I, I think, think that's he, just um, because of the the style, isn't it, of wanting to counter yeah, attack uh, and have have the pace on the break. Yeah, and obviously, and and the, and the very fact that he, he's he's done well under Ancelotti and he's played some good games under him. Yeah, he's done okay. He's done all right. Um, so yeah, that, that's the way, you know that's that's the way we expect it to. to or expect the, the team to shape up. The back four shouldn't really, you know, there shouldn't really be any changes in there. Um, although on that note, it, it just it's just worth mentioning. Doesn't look like Lytton Baines is going to start an extension, does it? No, uh, everything that's coming out suggests that um, he's just happy to see out the remainder of this season and and angle up his boots. Um, from the outside looking in, I think football's quite secondary to him now, isn't it? It, it, se- it seems to be, yeah. It, it seems What's up? to. Be- Seems to be turning. <laughs> me, me and Phil are grinning because there's, there's a, there's yeah, certain activities he's been getting involved in, um, and this is not illegal activities. <laughs> not on dodgy, no, dodgy, 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 dodgy. Yeah, so Phil, Phil's obviously into his, his martial arts, as is Terry, but hasn't had the chance as much recently, and and it's something that Leighton, Leighton seems to be looking to try and turn his hand to, and and uh, I think Leighton's been using the, the or Leighton Baines has been using the same gym as Phil, and apparently that's. Kind of weird. Have you been on top of that, <laughs> <laughs> He's been on top of me a few times. No, but um, 
he's obviously a man who's got like many other interests in, in life outside of football. And, you know, I, I've had some private conversations with him, but he kind of suggested to me prior to this news coming out that um, he was ready to explore different sides of life than football. Fair enough. But but yeah, I think that that's you know from from an Everton perspective, it, it's disappointing, isn't it? I think we you know the games that he's played in the last season. You look at him, think he could do a job for the next it. five years. Never mind one year. Um. So and and it's another it's another gap then that we're gonna have to plug during the summer, which yeah. is, which is disappointing. But you know we will come on to that probably later on as we as we get closer to the summer. But thought it was worth just, mentioning then. Do you, do you think another possible option? No, speaking about the you know the Vanards, Gordon. And a Wobi would be to possibly have Moose Keane up top and maybe play with Charleston in, in one of yeah, those positions. Absolutely, I just think that everything that Angela Angelotti said, and 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 I, I tend to agree with him, is that you know them two at the moment are probably our biggest threat playing alongside yeah, each other. Well. They're getting the best out of each other, aren't they? It's probably the most yeah. consistent I've seen with Charleston since he's been at the club, and it's absolutely the most consistent that. Dominic Calvert Lewin's been since he's, yeah. since he, you know, since he played for us. So I think that would be the one reason why he may not choose to do that. It, you know, kind of yeah. breaking up Prota probably our most lethal threat. Right, yeah. predictions before we move on, Craig. Three one. Three one, classic. Uh, I'm gonna go one nil. I think I think um Leicester haven't quite been fired and I think it might be quite a tight affair. So I'm gonna go one nil. Uh, so moving on, not not the game that you know a lot of people would have expected it to be now in terms of its importance. It's going to be a bit of a, I suppose, an anticlimactic one, but probably a game that City and um, to a certain extent yourselves will will want to be determined to win. Absolutely, yeah. I, I fully expect us to 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 really want to win that game. I mean, I don't know what what Phil thinks, but for me. It isn't a case to take your foot off the gas now. You know, this is already a record-breaking season, winning it with seven games to go, but. No, City have put up 100 points in a 99-point season, um, or 98-point season, wasn't it? And in, in, in the last two, you know, and, and the 100-point mark being the record, it, that's something that I want to I wanna smash. I want to break it, you know, and, and sort of really sign off in style on, on this season. What are you thinking, Phil? Yeah, I think it'll be... It's important to me, and I think it's, you know, going from the press conference to seeing Klopp too, it's important to him, and I think it'll be important to the players because when you break it down, you know, when, when it's all said and done, you're talking about football, you want to say, well, who's the best club in England? Who's the best club in Europe? And then, you, you have who's the best team you, that there's ever been? And then you say, well, Arsenal went that season unbeaten. Then you go, well, yeah, but City got 100 points that year. I want to be in that type of conversation with this team, and, and one of the ways that you solidify that is by getting 101 or more points. There's 107 mm. to play for. Um, we've got seven games left. I think we'd have to win four to, to, to just to level. Um, just, just to level last season's tally. So it's not easy, you know, coming back from this lockdown situation. It's not necessarily going to be easy to do. Um, but yeah, it, it means a lot to all of us. But you know, the human nature elements will come into it because we've all played 40 games and stuff where for some reason you're playing against lesser opposition or whatever and you can't get the best out of yourself or as a team you just you just cannot uh, rise to that occasion so it's whether that sort of human nature the psychology comes into it and whether the players somehow all of a sudden is mentally relaxed now you can have all the will in the world you want to not do that but sometimes something psychological takes over you see it you see it you see elements of that in, in different sports throughout history so 
it's just whether that type of thing can happen. I'm but sitting here saying we must have, you know, a few. But I hope but not. It means a lot to me that we don't. Yeah, but it's the potential as well, though, that the players have, we've done it, you know, and, and that it was almost like when we've won a trophy. Once this team won a trophy, it's like they just went on and won more because it was like that, that off. ducks off the back sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, and then it's now we can express ourselves, you know, with, without that constant fear of needing these points, you know, sort yeah. of thing or, or whatever. It, it could be, you know, it could just release them where they're just sort of like, right, now we can just go and play, you know, like really enjoy ourselves. But I think Judge is right. I think it'd be very important for City, you know, they'll, they'll want to just sort of get there a little bit, you know, to sort of say, well, we're still here, you know, and, and we'll be coming back next year. They season, could be broken psychologically. I, Maybe. I think we kind of broke them by beating Palace, and that's why they sort of flopped against Chelsea a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I they've, think, they've got think, bigger fish to fry as well, don't forget. Well, I was, I was going to say, I think, I think the way that Pep will be looking at it, you know, being a manager who's not only won leagues and won them, you know, back-to-back, he's also lost leagues and then, and then you know, pulled them back again. I think I think he he'll know from experience, you know, doing it at Barcelona, doing it at Bayern Munich, etc. He'll know that the focus now needs to turn towards, you know, the psyche of next season. And I think the first part of that would be, you know, if they go and beat you yeah. and beat his, you know, as convincingly as he he wants to, it then kind of says to you, well, hold on, you might have you might have got it this season, but we're still here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he'll be saying, "Look, we're still a better team than you. We just we just had our off moments or whatever." I, I do believe it's important. Whilst Liverpool far and away being the best team in the league, well better than than City this season, I don't think the points gap is re- representative of reality. And I think no, I do. Well, I do. I'll just finish the points. I think it's I think it's that a lot to do with it with Laporte not playing and then Fernandinho going into centre half and then Rodri not really being up to it in midfield. If you bring Laporte back and put Fernandinho in midfield, even though he's getting on it, the, the gap wouldn't be twenty two points. We all have to suffer injuries and stuff, but I think Liverpool have to not be too arrogant about that gap, uh, which Cop has said. You know, it, it, they haven't. Everyone's like, how are they going to make up twenty two points? Well, well, just by Laporte being back will make a big difference. So well, we can't rest on our laurels. I tell you what, what basically an easy way for 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 Klopp to motivate that Liverpool team about that gap is to say, well. We were twenty-two. I think we were twenty yeah. points off City when they put the hundred-point season up. You know, and yeah. we've we've closed it and then extended it. So, yeah. you know, if we can do it, it's possible. And I think yeah. that that's what you're saying, isn't it's it? It's also possible that we can drop. Yeah, we can drop off there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City done hundred points. They done ninety-eight points, and now they're going to get what eighty odds or something. So, you know, we've done ninety-eight. We're going to do a hundred-ish plus. Um, so it's possible you can drop off yourself, but. Yeah, you know, we but, don't foresee it. I can't see any reason no, why. No, no, and, and I, I, I think it's in, to them. Yeah, and I think it's in it. You know, it's going to be a game that you can enjoy. Maybe watching, you know, to sort of and listen to the two best teams in the league, and and there's some absolutely stellar football players on the pitch. So you know, we can almost hope that it will be a bit of a ding dong. And I'm hoping, obviously, we come away with the points. But maybe we will get to see two two boss teams. You know, really, and it'll be a bit a bit of a better affair than we've had in lockdown so far. Yeah. With the behind closed Four doors, think so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. Well, but a couple of questions on team to... selection. Then we've had a good rest since the Palace game, so I don't see any any reason not to put the full size out again. No, for City, I like. No, I, I agree. I think I think we'll use the, the subs. Um I think we you know we, we probably will use the subs quite judiciously, but I'd I'd certainly start the strongest side. You know, let these players play you now, you know, and, and, and let them sort of you know, express themselves and just go and enjoy the games and, 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 and let's really go for it. Let's not try and start rotating players in and things, you know, to 
that's what I don't want to see. I, I don't mind us rotating one or two players in, but I don't want to see it become like a bit of a procession where it's like, oh, you know, he needs his bonus, let's play him, let's throw him in, or any of that sort of nonsense. It's well, like, Harvey Elliott, for example, he becomes the youngest player ever to win a Premier League trophy, but he's got to play something like three more games. Or yeah, five but, more games. Right, but get them on at the end of games. But I want to get the points one. You know what I mean? And and I want I want us to be ruthless and hungry for that. Like sort of hundred and five hundred. And you know what? Though that's that's just as important for for those fringe players for it to be realistic. What's the point in throwing them in in games when you know five or six of them are coming in? Because that's yeah. not real, is it? No that's point. not what no, they no, be coming no into. So they need to they need to learn to play at the right intensity with the players alongside them that they will be playing with. So mm. I don't think that's healthy for anyone, is it? And it doesn't seem to me in Klopp's type of nature to, to even encourage that. No, no, I agree. Well, what, what do you make of um, Naby Keita, all the praise he was getting against Everton, Terry, and then dropped you know, dropped in a way or rotated out for the Palace game? Um, listen, he's an enigma for me. Like I, I've never known a player to be so divisive in terms of... like One half of the fan base sees one thing and the other half sees something else. And, you know... He's just such an enigma. It's like I watched him in the derby, and I thought he was poor. You know, there was and he had nice little touches here and there and things. But you've signed a player for nearly sixty million quid, and you want to go and run a midfield. I'm not seeing it. I've just never seen it. I've never seen him run a midfield, or even look like he can run a midfield. It's just like he's not doing enough for me. But then, you know, I think a lot of a lot of Reds were saying he was man of the match. I was just, I was like, I, I thought Matip was my man of the match in the derby, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I struggle with him at, at the moment. I can't say that for me. I think we're getting anywhere near enough out of him for a sixty million pound player. And I think he gets given so much latitude because he's a, he's got nice highlight reels of like flicks and tricks. Yeah, I just thought with with, with the um, impression being that he had a really good game against Everton, whether he could maybe come back in for City. But, you know, you've got to think a, a little bit horses for courses against City and how they play and how they set up against us and whether you're going to need someone to like unlock that door. And if, if you do, even if he is that man, or do you think the henderson Genie fabinho combination is, is the one? Fabinho has to play. You know, for one thing, for me, is City City away last season when when they beat us. Uh, you know, the game changed when he came on for Bino, and I think he, you know, he started slow in the derby, but then he, he obviously got a lot better. And I thought he was brilliant the other night. And uh, yeah. I think he, when he came back from that injury early on the season, uh, you know, I thought, wow, he's he's he fell off a cliff form wise. But I think we've seen the best of him in, in his last game. You know, there. Yeah. I, I think he has to play because we need that steel in that midfield against City's creativity and stuff. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for other players. And I just think Wijnaldum and Henderson are a much better bet than Keita. You're saying yeah. you might need a player who can unlock a defence. I haven't seen him unlock any defence. <laughs> no, he I haven't. Do anything. He doesn't get assists. I think he's got one assist or something, or two assists since he came. It's like, yeah. is he unlocking defences? Not for me. Um, I know we can carry a ball and beat a man, but he doesn't do anything at, at the other end, uh, at the end pro- as an end product. And mm. I just don't see, don't see him. Uh, possibly a game for the Ox, yeah. yeah. I think that's one where maybe, you know, there's a potential for... Wijnaldum. Yeah, possibly Wijnaldum, because I don't think Klopp will want to put Henderson on the bench. You know, the captain who's just lifted the trophy, I think he's going to want to play him against the nearest rivals, you know, just to sort of say, like, they, they you know, so he can walk on that pitch as yeah, captain. Like represent, you know. Yeah, captain yeah, of yeah. the team is just, yeah. You know, and and so I think he's definitely playing Henderson. No, no two ways about it. And I think that maybe means that there, there is a possible opening for the Ox. And he's played well against City in the past. You know, Champions League. He got the goal and stuff. It was a game that he injured his knee against. I think it was City, wasn't it? When he when he um mm. when he was out for yeah. a long time. So 
I think there's the potential for for the Ox to come in more so than Cater for me. I I, yeah. I I I can you know some Reds will say they want to see Cater play. I'm I'm not keen to be honest. And I think that the Sky Sports cameras, a lot of the focus is going to be on Raheem Sterling's face when he when he's clapping Liverpool onto the pitch, and you know how much he, he's hating it or he, you know he's taking it in the right sort of spirit. Listen, I think it's oh, the cameras will be right on his face only. <laughs> yeah, they will. You know, it's one of them. I think a lot of Reds are like, ah, he said he wanted to leave to win trophies, but he's won trophies. So, it, you know, it, it, I was going to say, he, he, he won a couple of league trophies. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'd be that. Before, yeah. before you did, so. Yeah, he, he's had some digs, though, hasn't he, since he left? You yeah. know, the, uh, yeah. the young, he's also, that young been, player he's also been quite complimentary, hasn't he, of, of late? Yeah, of chatting on coming back. He wants back, doesn't he? Yeah. he wants back in. Listen, it's one of them. We'll enjoy it as fans when he has to give us the, the clap on, but I'm sure he'll get yeah. over it. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, it'll be nice to see his face just to sort of see what the reaction is like. Mm. Um, but he doesn't really generally have good games against Liverpool, if we're honest. So we, we, there is something there in the back of his mind that gets to him. Yeah. <laughs> Robbo. So, touch wood. <laughs> Go on then, lads. Predictions? Um, do you know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Liverpool and I don't know I'm going to say I think it will be a high score in the fair I think it'll be 3-2 Liverpool yeah, I've, got a feeling, I've got a feeling it's going to be 3-0 uh, to Liverpool 3-0 <laughs> yeah I've got a feeling we're just going well, to go out and batter them you know, I'm, not, you know I'm not even going to laugh because yeah, I've laughed, to be done that before. Yeah, laughed at a few things this <laughs> yeah. season yeah, and it's I definitely have bit me. yeah <laughs> yeah but um Obviously, it was a pretty jam-packed show. Before we do, before we do leave, we've just got to plug a few extras that we've we released in the, in the last week or so, and we've got coming up. Um, last week, um, we we released the Ricky Lambert one, so it was yourself, Phil, wasn't it? And, and yeah. Gary, you, you done that one, the Dream yeah. Team. Yeah, uh, boss <laughs> chat with Ricky. That you know, yeah. I, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the conversation. So I hope that the listeners uh, enjoy it as much as as I as I did. But you know, I talked to him. He talks about. The eventual sort of retirement of Gerrard and when he was on the bench against Madrid and he was sitting next to Gerrard on the bench against United, you know, on where he come on and got the red card. He talks about Balotelli on the training pitch, exactly how he defied Brendan Rodgers on the pitch, on the training pitch, and some of the antics that went on there. He talks openly about his Liverpool career, and, it, and it's the first time he's really done it so openly because it, it's hurting, you know, the, the way it went. He didn't give the best of himself, and that's what hurts him the most. He, he got his chances, and he, he didn't play like he knows he can, and he had been doing previously for Southampton. So that kind of broke his heart, and and, and he, he talks on that. So there's loads of insight, and um, it's just a brilliant podcast. And I mean, let's be fair to him as well. Um, you know, make no odds about it. He, he had a brilliant career, didn't he? Oh, he's, he's done, had a boss he, career. He's done, you know, he done what? You know, you, those stories about going from, you know, literally Roy the Rovers going from nothing yeah. as in non-league and, you know, kicking Rough about style, on the street. yeah. Working in a factory and all that to go and play and for your home, you know, your hometown club and and, and he's a red above all else, isn't he? He's a massive yeah, red and you know he was saying to you, I think that he's been celebrating the, the title win the last few days. So yeah, he, te- he texted me before. He's as much a fan as anyone else. So I think that you know yeah. that alone, you know, we're sitting here as fans and and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. You know, he he, he was reluctant to do it, wasn't he, to do the extra because he said, you know, I, I don't. No, don't look back on me time at Liverpool in you know with much pride, and I feel a bit embarrassed about doing a show yeah, about that. He, yeah, but as he's got older, he, he he's come to terms with like he just looks back at his career as a whole, and he's made up. He was able to put the Liverpool and that's it, on and that, and that's again, 
and yeah. score a goal for Liverpool and stuff. Um, I think he would have loved to get one at Anfield. Unfortunately, his goals came away. But you know, he looks back on it and 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 he's done it. Uh, and he's exactly. one of a very, 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 very few people who, who's lived that dream. Um, and, and we all liked him. We all loved him as Liverpool supporters. Yeah. You know, the problem I for him was to he, play more. Yeah, he, yeah. Instead of Balotelli and, and yeah. Berini and all that, I did. But he wasn't Suarez, and you know, and nobody is. And he, that's the man he replaced. So you know, you, you're doomed when when when, that, when you come in to do that job. Unfortunately, we were yeah, supposed to be getting Alexis Sanchez. He talks about that, and he was going to be sort of partnering him or you know, coming on with him and stuff like that. So. You know, Rogers had a plan and a way of how we wanted to fit Lambert into the team. But I think, you know, some things went on and, and, and that's talked about in the podcast. So yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. certainly a top listen for, for the Reds anyway. Um, at the same time or, or a similar period, myself and Millsy recorded uh, a podcast with Kevin Ratcliffe. Uh, obviously, Everton's most successful captain. Um, uh, again, typically with, with, with Kev the Rat, it was honest Um the, Spoke spoke obviously as an Evertonian, like Lambert did as as a Red. But you know, Kev Kev achieved at Everton what you know every other captain since has, has failed to do. And and you know he he speaks a lot about how Kendall's era as manager and subsequently after that, um, Colin Harvey's you know um, periods as, as as manager as well, trying to follow up in in Howard's footsteps. And again, um, fantastic listen for the Blues. You know some some really brilliant stories of, of the you know the the moments then that we were captured in trophies and we were, you know, in a position where we, we, you know, could and should have been dominating Europe. But again, a lot of ups and downs in his Everton career and over a period that a lot of Blues older than myself and Craig look back on fondly and, and again, younger younger than us will, will, will look to try and, you know, get back someday. But very good, you know, thoroughly enjoyable podcast and so, so open and honest and, again, brilliant listen. Uh, there's a couple of red ones coming up as well, isn't there, lads, that, that we'll be releasing in the coming weeks? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, we, we spoke to David Price, the boxer. Um, that was a good one. Me and Mills, he's done that one. Um, and, you know, really good chat with David Price there. Big red, um, as, as as everyone knows. So, that that's a good one. And that's one in, in, in the can ready to go. Um, so, we as when the schedule comes out, as Judgy says, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when that one's going to be out. And, excuse me. And then me and me and Phil also had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Gary Gillespie, um, so one of the older the older players, um, slightly before our time, um, basically played up until around nineteen ninety one. Um, but you know, great fella, a really good podcast, wasn't it, Phil? Really, you know, to hear him talk yeah. about about the dressing the glory room, days of the, the glory days, yeah, under under those great managers and alongside them great players. So some stuff that I hadn't heard before and. Yeah, funny just, as well in parts. Yeah, he's, he, he, was a, he was he was a great fella, and you know it's one for the older the older crowds. But also, I think any you know even the younger Reds listen to it and just you know just sort of absorb them stories and that you know them 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 famous times that we missed our generation. You know, but um, but he he looks back fondly on and you know when he he loves the city, he loves the club, and and he still lives here. You know, he's not he's not he's not a scouser, but he still lives here, and and it's it's just a really good podcast of some really good 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 points that we get onto, and and and, and as I say, nice stories, and 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 obviously his his career took in some of the some of the bad times, you know, some of the tough times at Liverpool with Hillsborough and Heisel and stuff, and you know he doesn't shy away from talking about them. He, you know, he, he tells it as it was at the time, so. Really, really good podcast, you know, and, and as I say, really good fella and, and, and really nice to speak to him and get him on across the park. 
So yeah, loads coming up for you uh, as always, and, and and like Terry just said, then we will put out that schedule in the next few days so that you all know when the extras are coming up and also when our regular shows are, are planned to be released. That's about all we got time for uh, tonight, and and you know we we've covered a lot in the se- in this evening's episodes. I can't say it was an easy one for, for me to record it as a blue. Uh, it's one that I hoped I would never have to record. Speaking about <laughs> Liverpool win the title, and hopefully it's one that I never have to to do again. Thanks a lot for listening anyway, and we'll we'll catch you next time. Cheers.